Well, good morning, everyone. Whether you're in this room live or whether you're watching online, it's awesome to have you here with us at Westwood. We have a wonderful morning plan. Have you been blessed by the morning so, long, so far? Can we clap? Thank God for a great morning so far. To begin our time, I'd like to ask you all a question. When you hear the word artist, what do you think of? When you hear the word artist, what do you think of? I have a great definition of an artist. We're going to put it up on the screen here. You can write this down in your notes. An artist is one who creates using conscious skill and creative imagination. Let me read that again. An artist is one who creates using conscious skill and creative imagination. And there are different kind of artists out there, right? I mean, there are poets and painters. I talked to a young girl earlier. She's like, Bob Ross is my favorite. He's so calming. <laughs> no amens from that one. There are artists who are musicians. As a matter of fact, one artist called himself the artist because he didn't have a name for himself. There are athletes. There are actors and actresses and inventors. But have you ever thought about Jesus as an artist? Have you ever thought about Jesus as an artist? I believe that Jesus was the greatest artist to walk planet Earth. And let me tell you why. Jesus created the heavens and the earth. He created humans. He created animals and fish and birds and the beautiful peacocks out there, right? That's my last name. The fish, the air, the cosmos. Jesus was a carpenter. He worked with stone. Jesus turned water to wine. Can you imagine being at that wedding? Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. He was a rabbi. He was a storyteller. He was a poet. He used live props. He's like, look at the birds of the air. And the bird probably landed on his finger and this chirping right back to his creator, right? He said, look at the seeds and the flowers and the sheep and the vines and the doors. Jesus, the God who became human, the incarnate one. Very creative. Jesus, the artist, better than any magician could ever pull off. Today, we're going to look at a story in scripture. Amazing story. I was telling um, someone earlier before I walked on stage, I said, I could just read the story and just walk off the stage. It's such an amazing story. But this story highlights three kind of people. And you're one of three kind of people in this room with three different choices. And by the end of the morning, we're all gonna have to make a choice. Where are we in this story? And where do we wanna be in this story? And we're gonna put the highlight, the spotlight on Jesus, the artist. Could you all stand with me as we pray? Let's pray. Jesus, as I stand here, I look at a lot of faces and, and I, I don't know what's going on in their lives, but you do. And as I stand up here, I have some things in my heart and my mind, but beyond my words, I need your words. I need you. And these people in this room, they need you. And God, I just don't want to walk through a service just like a normal Sunday. We come and we go and nothing changes. God, will you meet us right here where we are and do a marvelous work? May we encounter you in a fresh and powerful way. At this time, we're going to have a moment of quiet. Will you just ask the creator, Jesus the artist, to speak to you during the service? Do that right now. Now, God, you do your work in this place. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. If you have your Bibles, open up to the Gospel of John, 
This is our launching place this morning, the Gospel of John chapter 8. John chapter 8, you may want to pull out your Westwood apps, you can write notes. You may want to pull out scripture on your phones, I won't be offended if you're on your phone looking at scripture, right? Pull out that scripture. This scripture is alive and active and as we tell this story, I want you all to imagine being at this place, being at this place. Before we jump into John 8, let me give you the the context of this story. It's very, very important when you study and read scripture that you understand the context of what's going on. We have to back up to chapter 7, verses 37 through 38. And the scripture says this, on the last and most important day of the festival, let's pause right there. Let's pause. I want you to circle the word, the last most important day. What is John talking about here? This is the Feast of Tabernacles. The last and greatest day is Hashanah Rabbah. Hashanah Rabbah. This is the day when the priests would go to the pool of Shalom, the spring-fed pool, dip the golden cup in the pool, take it to the temple, pour that water over the temple during the time of drought, saying, God, God creator, provide for our needs. We're pouring this out as a sacrifice to you. Picture the scene, picture the priest pouring the water over the altar and then listen what the scripture says. Listen to this. Jesus stood up and he cried out. He interrupted the ceremony. That's been practiced year after year after year after generation after generation. And then this rabbi stands up and he cries out. He says, if anybody's thirsty, let him come to me, not to the priest. Not to the temple, not to the feast. Come to me. Come to me. Why? He says, drink of me. The one who believes in me, as the scripture has said, as it was prophesied, will have streams of living water flow from deep within him. We're going to get back to this a little later in the scripture, in the, in the sermon. But I want you to remember the story. Now let's go to John 8, verse 2. John 8, verse 2. The scripture says this, at dawn, early in the morning, Jesus went to the temple again. Why does it say Again. Because Jesus was a rabbi, he was Jewish. He went weak, Sabbath, Saturday after Saturday. He's there again for the festival. Jews from all around the Middle East, the known world, are coming to Jerusalem for this feast. It's a busy place. And all these people were coming to him. They're like, this festival and the feast is nice and the temple is nice and the priests are fine. But him, Jesus the artist, there's something different about him. And they were drawn to him, Jews and Gentiles alike. And then the scripture says, he sat down and began to teach them. Don't miss these words, see, he sat down. He sat down on their level. He just sat down with them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. Who are these guys? Who are the scribes and Pharisees? The scribes are those who record the law. The Pharisees are the ones who impose the law. And they brought a woman caught in adultery. What a horrible scene. What was their purpose? Why were they doing this? And they made her, they forced her, they used her. They made her stand in the center so everybody could see her, maybe half-dressed, maybe all dishuffled, maybe crying, all by herself in the middle. And they said, teacher, this woman was caught in the act of committing adultery and we found her. Way to go, boys, way to go. Fist bump, high five, we got her. She was caught in the act, in the act 
Not before, after, but in the act. What a disgusting group of people. And this is in the law of Moses that commands us to stone such a woman. I don't even know her name. I don't even care, but we're gonna use her. So what do you say, Mr. Rabbi? What do you say? Leviticus 20 talks about this. You can cross-reference that later in the week. And Jesus is asked, do you follow Roman law or the Jewish law? What are you gonna do to this woman? She committed adultery. And they asked this to try to help her. They asked this to try to get wisdom. No, they asked this in order to trap him and to find evidence to accuse him. These people are horrible people. Jesus, I love this word, stoop down. Everybody say stoop down. He stooped down to the level of the scribes and the Pharisees and he started writing in the ground with his finger. We'll get back to that in a second. When they persisted in questioning him, they're like, Jesus, I know you're writing in the dirt there, mister, but we just asked you a question. He stood up. He went from stoop down to standing up. He stood up for the woman. He stood up for what was right and he stood against them. And he said to them, the one without sin among you should be the first to throw the stone at her. Jesus chose the law of Moses. What Jesus the rabbi was doing is something called remez. Remez is this, is when the rabbi is working with his students and he's hinting to move them in a direction. He's hinting them to move them in a direction. He's trying to do that with the scribes and the Pharisees and even the woman and all the people in the crowd. Verse eight, then he stooped down again. And he got down in the dirt and he started writing in the ground. Now, what was he writing? We don't know. A lot of people have a lot of assumptions of what he could have been writing. Like, for example, the sins of those, those rabbis, or, or excuse me, of those Pharisees and scribes. Maybe um, the name of the man who wasn't even in the circle it takes two, right? But the woman was all alone. Or scripture, I don't know what he wrote. I'm not sure what he wrote. But in Psalm chapter nine, verse seven, the scripture says this, David wrote this. The Lord sits enthroned forever. He has established his throne for judgment. He judges the world with righteousness. He executes judgment on the nations with fairness. The Lord is a refuge for the persecuted. And maybe these scribes and Pharisees are remembering this scripture in their head and they're going, oh, where are we going with all this? So what was he writing? Jeremiah 17. This is amazing. Jeremiah 17, there are 10 messianic prophecies in the prophet's writings of the coming Messiah. 10 prophetic messianic prophecies. I'm not sure if this specifically is one, but look at what Jeremiah writes. He's writing to Judah, whose hearts had turned from God, whose hearts were hard as stone, and they were trusting in people more than God. You ever been there before? I've been there. Can I get to the front of the line on that one? I've been there. And this is what the scripture says. Listen, I want you to think of the context of John 8. The Lord, the hope of Israel, all who abandon you will be put to shame. All who turn away from me will be written in the dirt. For they have abandoned the Lord, the fountain of living water, the feast of tabernacles, Hashanah Rabbah, Maybe they're thinking of the scripture. Their names will be written in the dirt. I love what Jeremiah says, Lord, the hope of Israel. 
I don't know what you've come from when you walked in this building. You may feel so hopeless right now. But with Jesus, there's always hope. Amen, church? Come on. There's always hope, whatever you're facing. And then the scripture says, all who abandon you, their shame will be public, like these religious leaders. And those who turn away, their names will be written in the dirt because that's where we all go back to. But the name, as Kevin sang earlier and the group sang earlier, the name of the people who belong to Jesus, like our baptism, right, with creed, will be written in the Lamb's book of life, much greater than dirt, and the living water. Jesus, the living water. Now go, go back to the Gospel of John. Go back to the Gospel of John. Verse 9. Is this good? You guys, you guys getting excited about this? Maybe I'm, I'm the only one in the building getting fired up about this. Listen, hold me back. Then the scripture says this. When they heard this, these are the scribes and the Pharisees, they left one by one, starting with the older men. Why the older men? Why? Because they're older. They've been around the block. They're like, we're done. <laughs> There's no winning this one. But the younger, more passionate people are like, hey, but what about, but, what, what, but wait a, like, just be quiet and walk off. Come on, let's go. Let's go. And then the scripture says this, only Jesus was left with a woman in the center. And that's what it comes down to in our lives. We're surrounded by a lot of people in our lives, all throughout our lives. But when it comes down to it, at the center, it's just Jesus and you and I. That's it. When Jesus stood up, love it, to her, and he said, woman, why did he call, him, call her woman, by the way? He, he called her woman because this woman represents you and I. She's, she's bigger than just a name. She represents you and I. He said, woman, where are they? He, of course, knew where they went. <laughs> where are they? A little sarcasm. And maybe the woman went, what did you just do? Has no one condemned you? No one, Lord, she answered. Neither do I condemn you, Jesus said to the woman. And here's a key verse. Don't forget this verse. Underline this verse. Circle the word go. Go, and from now on, do not sin anymore. Key phrase on the back end of that verse. Jesus always leaves us different and changed to go in a new direction. He uses remez to push us in a new direction as the rabbi. This was the woman's Hashanah Rabbah's great praise moment. And she went on her way. All right, let's take out our outline. I have three takeaways for you guys. We can apply this lesson. Three choices. The first is this. You ignore others in the crowd. You ignore others in the crowd. There were people who were being ignored. The Pharisees were ignoring the woman. She was being used and she was being put at the center to try to prove a point, to try to trap Jesus. Who are others? Others are broken, hurting, needy, ignored people. So what does it mean to ignore someone? It means to condemn them. When we ignore people, we condemn them through our actions and through our words. The definition of condemnation is to sentence and punish, to judge without love, understanding, to ignore a need. So why do we ignore others why do we, why do I ignore the women in our lives, the people in our lives? We're too busy, right? Life is busy, it's fast. We don't have time. It's too complicated of a situation. We're not prepared. God, I don't feel led. We're too prideful. It costs us too much. How about this one? We want that person to get hurt because they hurt us. So we want them to be condemned, right? Right? What's the result? 
We miss God's divine appointments. We miss spiritual growth. We miss God himself. Listen, I've ignored others many times in my life. I'll tell you a story. I, I like to tell stories about myself when I fail versus look how awesome I am because I'm not that awesome. <laughs> I like to tell stories when I fail because maybe you can relate to those. I, I love to swim. One of the things I love to do when my day is done is break away uh, and do laps at the YMCA because it's fun to stay at the yeah, it's fun to stay there. And, and, and I, I love to swim there. I love to swim there. And so I, I got my bag ready, my goggles, you know. I, I don't wear a Speedo. I got my bathing suit ready, you know, and, and, and I'm all ready to go get in the pool, right? And, and so it's a beautiful day. The sun's out. People are everywhere. I got my lane. I'm getting in the pool. And bam, the, the, the lifeguards blow the whistle. Is everybody out of the pool? I said, I just got here. The sun's out. It's beautiful. I can't wait to swim. What are you doing? And people are murmuring and grumbling. They're pointing. I said, what's going on? They said, that kid over there, he pooped in the pool. <laughs> Can I say poop? I can't say poop in the church anyway. He pooped in the pool. I said, that guy pooped in the pool. So he pooped. How could that kid do that? How could his parents allow such a thing? I just got here. I want to swim. This was my workout for today. I can't swim anymore. Yeah, I can't swim either. I'm obsessed. I'm talking to all the parents. This is horrible. How dare them? Ignoring what happened? <laughs> I get to the locker room and I see a father with a son right near the lockers. And the father's holding a special needs boy. Cleaning him off from his dirt, his poop, his bathing suit all over. And the boy is coming, Daddy, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he said, son, he's stooping down to her. And he says, son, I love you. I love you. It's okay. I'm right with you. You're not alone. I love you. I was ignoring those guys because it was about me. Because I wanted to swim. I didn't care about him. But the closer I got to that boy and that father, my heart broke. The closer you get to people, to others, to the women in your life, your heart will break. Like Jesus, he was the center close to her. The others were far away with the rocks in their hands. Many times we ignore others. What about you? Are you ignoring other people in your life at work? I mean, you hear her talking about her home situation, but you're just too busy. You drive past their house at Bellantrae in Weatherly every day, but you haven't even met them yet. You haven't even introduced yourself to them yet. What about you know that's going on in their marriage, but you know you just don't want to infringe on what's going on. You don't want to press in, right? We ignore others. The second thing is this, we acknowledge others. I love what Jesus did. He acknowledged three, three groups of people, the woman, uh, the people in the crowd and the scribes and the Pharisees. He acknowledged them. He, he was fully aware of who they were and what was going on. Jesus acknowledged others. He went out of his way. It was risky. He saw that they were condemned and hurting in different ways. He even saw the abusers. The greatest, the greatest group of people that Jesus struggled with were religious people. Isn't that crazy to think about? Jesus, his heart breaks for others and it still does. It, it heart, his heart breaks for you and me. So how do you acknowledge? Three things, write this down. You see others, you recognize others and you respond to others. You see others, you recognize others and you respond to others. You see others, you recognize others and you respond to others. That's how you do it. Jesus acknowledged the woman he saw her deepest need, her soul, her background, her, ha her home, 
her situation. He sees others hurting, abused, in need. He also, see, he also saw her sin. But when we see sin, we also see that sin has a bigger love to overcome that sin. And that's what Jesus did. And you may feel horrible. You may have walked in, you feel so condemned because what you did last night or this past week, and you're like, why am I even in church? I'm playing this game. And you feel so condemned because of that sin. Well, Jesus wants to meet you at the center this morning. It's like only you and him in this room. Nobody else is in this room but you and him. Like you, like the woman in Jesus. You see, you recognize, you respond to the people around you. Your world is unique. You can reach people only you can reach. I can't reach those people. We can't, we, we all can, we all can interact with these people very specific to who we are and God will bring people across our path. And as I'm speaking right now, you are thinking about some people in your life. You know you are. That God has brought across your path and that's your woman. That's your woman to respond and recognize and to see. See, we are called to be spiritual artists like Jesus can I take a moment just to celebrate some of the spiritual artists in our church? We're going to put something on the screen here. We have some amazing spiritual artists. They may not draw on the dirt, but let me acknowledge some people who see, recognize, and respond to others in the crowd. Angel touch ministry, people who minister to those who lost children who had stillbirth and miscarriages. Impact outreach, ministering to police officers, firefighters, nursing homes, sunshine class, people who work with children with special needs. Kathy Gibson, if you're watching online right now, you'll see her right here on the screen. She's right there. She's right here. That's Kathy. And she is using sign language to speak to people who can't hear with their ears. So this message can go out. We even have a Christian rapper in our church, Craig Barton, right? He's a Christian rapper. That's right. He's down in front. We won't give him any time today for that. I'm so thankful for the spiritual artists and, and we could spend time talking about all the people, the people behind the sound booths and cameras and they say, don't recognize us, but I'm going to. You guys are amazing at what you do. I have a friend who's been in ministry for 40 years and I said, I said, Haney, tell me the secret. What keeps you going? What started you in ministry? He said this, he said, 40 years ago, I started my journey with Jesus and wanting to be a minister of the gospel. And one word, I've had one word on my mind and in my heart for 40 years. I said, Haney, what's that word? What keeps you going? What keeps you focused? And he said this word, others. Others, beyond how I feel, beyond what I want to do, beyond what's going on in my life, others drives me. It drives me. What drives you? Do others drive you? Last choice, last person, point number three, come as you are in the crowd, but go to live a new life. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come as you are. Come dirty and yucky and crying and broken, and then go live a new life. That's very important too. I oversee the adults and the group's ministries. There's amazing things going on. There's some amazing leaders that are leading every single day in the small group building and homes and all over, the, all over Birmingham. We're also creating some new things, very exciting, which we're gonna talk about later in the service. I know you're dying to hear about them. Go on our group's page, check that out. You may be tired of coming here sitting in a row not being known and not knowing anybody. Wouldn't it be cool if you got in a group and you sat in a circle with someone and, and you said, hey, me too. I didn't think there was other people like me with that thing. <laughs> wow. 
See, we can get acknowledge others in the crowd, okay? We don't have to ignore them, but also we can come as we are and we can go and leave in a new life. This is what happened with this woman. Can you imagine what this woman felt like? Can you imagine after she left? I mean, she probably told all kinds of people. She probably had dinner parties, right? And she's probably telling people all throughout town. So I was in this very bad relationship and I want, I've been wanting to break it off for a long time, but, I, but it was hard. And, 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 and all of a sudden these, these men stormed the house and they dragged me out and they left the, I won't even say his name anymore, but he's, he's back at the house to pull me. And all of a sudden there's this big crowd of people and then these rocks in his hands. And I've seen this before when they threw rocks at people and I knew I was done. I knew it was my time. They were gonna stone me. They were gonna kill me. And, and people are yelling and screaming and calling me names. And I can't even say the names really. And then this guy appeared and I guess he was a rabbi, but he was not like the Jewish rabbis that I knew. And he came to the center with me and, and he spoke to me. And all of a sudden they started leaving and dropping the rocks. And by the way, here's the rock. Here's one of the rocks that was dropped and I'm gonna hold on to this thing for the rest of my life. Because they all left. Matter of fact, I tripped over the stones because I wasn't condemned anymore. And his name was Jesus and he, and he freed me and, and, and I'm alive now. And you need to know this. See, it's one thing to come. It's another thing to go. There's a lot of churches even out there that say, hey, just come as you are, we'll accept you, but don't change, right? That's the world's message. Everybody's accepted, it's no big deal. No, you come as you are and that Jesus will change you. He will make you born again. He will change your mind, how you think. He will change your desires. He will change your attitudes. So it's not just coming but it's going to live a new life in Jesus. And I have some good news for you. No one can live the Christian life. You're like, boy, that's great news, David, thanks. <laughs> Only Jesus can live the Christian life through you. Isn't that freeing? You don't have to do it. You don't have to hold it together. Let the same rabbi live his life through you. That's good news. Good news for the morning. Come as you are in the crowd and go and live a new life. Ephesians 2 what a great passage. Paul's running the church at Ephesus. Scripture says, we Christians are God's workmanship. The Greek here is poema, which means we are God's poem. We're a part of God's poem, his story. We're created in what? Christ Jesus. Why are we created in Christ Jesus? For good works, to be spiritual artists in the world around us. That God has prepared for us ahead of time to do. So uh, let me just speak to some of you this morning. You may be here this morning and, and your, your, your life is a mess. As a matter of fact, it's a big deal that you're even here. You know, coming to a church maybe brought back some bad memories and maybe you wouldn't even call yourself a Christian. And if we were to sit down and I would hear your story, maybe I'd go, oh, I get it. I would, I would struggle too. I wanna tell you, I'm so proud of you for being here. It takes courage. If, if you haven't met the Savior, he's there for you just like he was there for the woman. And he loves you so much. If, if you're here today and, and you've been that Pharisee or scribe and you've been ruining somebody's life, please stop in the name of religion and faith. Will you just love them? Will you come alongside them and get in their dirt with them? It's dirty, it's gonna be yucky and it's gonna be difficult, but will you do that? Will you do that? Um, as we uh, think about spiritual artists who create using conscious skill and creative imagination, it's gonna take time and effort and up getting up close to people but Jesus, he was the greatest artist. He created in the dirt. It was his canvas. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is the instrument that changes things. Greater than a paintbrush, a guitar, a microphone, 
right? A camera. What about you? He created you to go, to reach people. And he wants to stoop down in our lives. Hey, every day, you know what I do? I, I have my time with God. I'm like, hey, God, will you just stoop down in my life right now? Just, just come on down in all the stuff that I have. And then can you help me stand up? Because you stand first and you're gonna help me stand up. I'm gonna stand up with you. I'm just gonna follow your lead today. I'm just gonna be right behind you. I'm gonna follow your lead. That's freeing for us to know. For those of you who've been hurt by the scribes and the Pharisees, I'm so sorry. There's always gonna be the scribes and the Pharisees trapping, pointing fingers, hurting in person and on social media. I'm sure no one's ever experienced that before. Behind our backs. I'll never tell anyone, Johnny, I promise. Or to our faces. But the choice is up to us to ignore, acknowledge, or to come and go. Let me share the impact point of the morning. We're gonna put it up on the screens. The impact point of the morning. See yourself in the story as a spiritual artist who recognizes and responds to the needs around you to further the gospel. Isn't that awesome? See yourself. Do you see yourself? I'm too old. I'm retired. I'm too young. I have too much going on. You have certain gifts and abilities and dreams and visions to be a spiritual artist for God. Use them in this church. Use them outside of this church. I mentioned the gospel. You may not know what the gospel is. The gospel is translated good news. It means this. God stooped down, <laughs> stooped down, love it, from heaven to earth. And he lived and he died and he was buried and he rose on the third day and he saw us and he recognized us and he responded to the need of the sin that separates us. See, because all of sin falls short of the glory of God. But the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And God demonstrates his love for us that while we were separated, while we were sinners, while we were sinners in sin before Jesus, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. But, but if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised from the dead, guess what? We'll be rescued, we'll be saved, we'll be out of condemnation. We'll stand in the center, but it'll be, it'll be with the Savior loving us so what about you? Have you ever done that before? Have you ever given your life to Jesus? I'm going to give you an opportunity in a moment if you want to pray to receive Christ. And also I'm going to give probably the majority of you watching online or here in the room just to reflect on who are you and who you want to be. Because it's never too late.